even with a contract printer, we're selective. Like, not just anybody can come in here and do contract work. I have to know, like, what are you, who are you selling to, and and what do you expect to pay? Because this is what we charge. Squeegeeing podcast season two. This podcast is sponsored by Blind Maggot, Magnacolas, MNR, Target Transfers, and Adobe Creative Suite. My name is Jason, and uh, owner of Cured Printing uh, in San Antonio, Texas. It's quite a brave name, isn't it? Like Cured Print, because it's kind of yeah. like, if it's not cured, then you're buggered because it's in the name, so you have to right. kind of prove yourself straight <laughs> off the bat. I thought that was yeah. quite funny when I when I saw it. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, just because I was looking at your Instagram and you were in like a similar situation to us a few years ago with like you had the manual, you, you seem to be in a smaller space. And then yeah. recently you've gone on to the, you've got like some kind of automatic, I can't even I yeah. can't quite tell which one it is. But like what led to that? Like was it just demand or did you have to like actively make a jump and was it quite scary to grow the business? Uh, so yeah, we did start in the garage of our house and it wasn't really even supposed to be a business to begin right. with. <laughs> so um, I mean, I don't know if you want the whole backstory, but when we, yeah, yeah so uh, at the time, I guess when we first started, I was I was in the mobile industry, so I worked for T-Mobile okay. uh, for, for a long time, about, I want to say nine years, mm-hmm. um, but I had already, I was managing a couple locations, so I was kind of their sales trainer slash manager, um, and so it gave me some extra time that, you know, a lot of it was mostly from home, but yeah a friend of mine and I decided to start like graphic design where I was going to, to classes for graphic design at the time. And we, we just came up with some random, oh, nice. really dumb, I, dumb ideas, like, dumb shirts to just sign itself. Yeah. Um, Completely after college and stuff, or is it just like, you just thought, I just want to go and have another crack at education or. No. So like- I went to school for business management. Hmm. Um, and then about halfway in, I decided it's not going to, it's not beneficial to finish. I'm already making more in my current <laughs> career than I would if I, it doesn't really matter at this point. So I stopped going for that. And then uh, a couple of years into, I guess, being in my, my career with, with T-Mobile, I just went really just to learn at that time. It wasn't to get a degree. I just went for graphic design. So I wanted to learn how to just use yeah. Illustrator Photoshop. Yeah. So we were just taking classes and that's kind of how we just decided like, it is kind of cool. It's try something with it and um so we came up with a couple of designs and then we it was my job i guess as our little business or company was trying to get formulated to find somebody to print the stuff and so i called a few local shops here and obviously try to figure out the best i'd never done this before so we uh i called a few places and try to get the gist of how to do this i've never tried to get something printed Mm. um explain to them what I wanted and we were very, very specific about what we wanted like how, the size and the location and you know it was very like well it's going to be three inches by three inches for the back and it's going to be 10 and 10 and a half inches in the front and it's mm-hmm. going to go right and I was like well can we move it down a bit or can I make the back a little bit smaller and they're like uh it's going to cost you extra like for us to redo it like remove like move it around and fix it for you and I was like well I don't want to pay extra like we're trying mm-hmm. to make the money off these shirts so we didn't you know, I, I didn't know what the standard was. So I was like, well, fine, let's go with what you say. 
what about shirts? Yeah. Like, what mm. shirts are we talking about here? And they were like, well, they're the basic cotton shirt. It was really just me trying to customize it. Um, and it wasn't like a big deal. It wasn't like a big thing. Um, but so I, I ended up calling a different shop and asking the same questions. And it was the same kind of like, this is just how we do it. Like, yeah. <laughs> do you want to do it or not? Do you want to put these shirts or not? And it wasn't very friendly at all. Mm. Uh, we did get them printed. We printed them. We sold them. Uh, but then like the second time that we were going to do the next design, we decided let's try and do this ourselves because we didn't like the way it came out and we didn't mm. like the way that they were not willing to help us anyway. Yeah. I don't know if you ever heard of a you do. A you do? Yeah. No, that? that could literally be anything to me. It's, How are you spelling it? Why you D-O? No, I've never heard of that. No. What is it? So it's basically like a print shop in a box, pretty much. I mean, mm. it's like the size of a printer, but it has a, a UV light built inside. So you can stick like a really small like screen. It's a screen, but it just has like like little holes in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can create the shirt and everything and print it. And then on top, it had where the little uh, screen would clamp. And then you would just press the ink over it. Um, super deep little thing. But we found one at like a logo shop that you know, sold art supplies. And we, we tried it out and we tested it and it worked. And we printed some shirts off of it. But reclaiming it and cleaning it, like I, all that was a mess. It was a disaster after we printed one shirt. Um, so I think that, I know what you're talking about. Started yeah i think it, it might be yeah. a different name you know but is it kind of like a little roller and then you put this kind of like floppy screen through it yeah yes yeah i think oh, there's one oh, in I know what you're talking about yeah yeah no, it's Pro. no no but yeah but it does everything so anyway that uh we tried that out but i was like this is this is so stupid like <laughs> there's no way i'm gonna print like 20 shirts on this thing it's so dumb um but that kind of like subsided as I got busier with my career and I didn't really touch it again uh and then somebody that I worked with um I had told them that we were messing around with it and they were like well my uh my husband has a softball team <laughs> and was yeah. like can we do you think you can print shirts for him and I'm like yeah but I <laughs> guess <laughs> and so I had to call the shops again to get pricing because I don't know how to charge for this stuff Hmm. so I called them again and just gave them the order and just to get the price and then so I told them yeah let's, we'll do it for this you know price whatever so we did them messed them all up uh made zero dollars but yeah. after that somebody else asked from them and said hey can we get some shirts too and so it kind of started that way and I'm sure that's kind of the, the typical story it's just you know um but so fast forward maybe about a year or two in after that we, we started having customers just referring other people. So we weren't really like trying to bring in, that's why I'm saying it kind of happened by accident. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then so like gradually we were just increasing our, our capacity by, you know, we added, you know, the simple Riley Hopkins. Um, we found it used. We've got this whole kit for like 300 bucks with the press yeah. and some inks and some random screens and some, you know, cheap squeegees and ran with that. We were curing all our shirts with the, with the heat, heat gun. gun yeah no no flash i didn't have no flash so <laughs> i can only do like one color but it was just you know those little things so as we i you know as we needed to we grew um and so at the point where so after that press we had a, a vastex we still have this one it's a four station six color 
um, only because we needed more colors. And then I was mm. able to buy a flash and we were just constantly putting back into the business as, yeah. as needed. So uh, if a job came with enough, I mean, we would make $0, but increase our, our, you know, what we had to, to do. Um, and so that's, that's kind of how it happened. And then, yeah. you know, it got to the point where we were doing, you know, a thousand shirts in my garage and, <laughs> you know, I had to stay up all night I'm still working, mind you. So I'm working in the day and then at night I'm printing and then I'm working and printing and I'm like not sleeping really. Uh, and then, so my wife at the time was like, well, you're going to have to make a decision because you're not, <laughs> well, you know, you're, you're not sleeping at all. So you have to decide basically give one up or, yeah. or you know, you're going to burn out. And so that's when we made the decision. It was super scary, but I was like, yeah, let's, let's give it a go. So. Yeah. Do you, uh, in, in, in America, do you have to do like in the UK, we've kind of got this thing like sole trader where it's like, yeah. you're basically yes. just working for yourself. And then like, did you have to make a jump to say, no, this is proper business and get like business licensing and like, so that you can order shirts and bulk and all that type of thing. Yeah. Like how we, does that work? Yeah. When I first, when that after that first customer the very first customer so i'm my background is really i guess business driven like i'm always wanting to do something with business and so i just took that opportunity when we've got that first customer let's like look into this can this be a business i mean i take it 100 seriously but i went ahead and still registered the name All right. and uh and initially the name was not cured it was no. Oh, no. it wasn't it wasn't not cured. It was no no, no. <laughs> no. wasn't that be that would be funny yeah. though. Yeah, that would be worse. <laughs> okay. Well, um, what was it if it wasn't cured? It wasn't cured at all. It was partially cured. No, it was uh <laughs> it was called Leave Your Mark. Yeah. And, That's and quite good. So I, yeah, so I started a, I went down and got a DBA, which is an, in for us is doing business as um as a sole proprietor, which is I think what you said earlier was a different, but it was kind of the same thing. Yeah. So you're basically, the business has its own little entity kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we did that at, at the very beginning. And then it wasn't until I knew we were leaving the house to a place, I, I applied for and got an LLC. Oh, um, okay. We changed the name early on because somebody else has that name and I did not know. <laughs> and we started on Instagram, we started posting stuff and re- reaching more people. And somebody finally from leave your mark in some other weird place said, <laughs> uh, Hey, you can't use our name. That's our name. We've used it for a long time. Please stop using our name. And I was like, Dang. okay, so we can't use this name anymore. So we just kind of started figuring out like, what, what do we want our name to be? Like it gave us an extra, a lot of people yeah. don't get the fans, you know, like if you named it wrong and like you've been doing business for a few years, you might feel like, and I wish I had changed my name, but like it kind of gave us that chance. So I guess it was like kind of like, you know, a good thing that that happened. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, At least you didn't get your sign first and then have to yeah, change it afterwards. Yeah. And I, I honestly don't think it would have caused, I mean, the fact that it's the same name as another place, it's so far away. And I think the, the rules probably would have allowed me to keep it, but that wasn't like, I don't know, I didn't feel good to do that. And so, um, and, and I think too, like the reason we picked this name uh, we kind of wanted to not not say screen printing or not say design. You know, we didn't want it to tie in exactly or t-shirts. We didn't want it to mm. have that. We wanted it more of a brand, like so we could brand it. Uh, we haven't really, you know, done it as much as I would like to, but I want it to be a brand. Like you yeah. can go to Cured, and Cured, they, you know, somebody can say, well, what is Cured? 
they don't know what it is initially, but that also le- leads it to stand off on its own, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of why we named it that. Yeah. Cause you have actually gone to like the effort of getting your own tape and boxes and like you're, you're right. are you ship, are you using those all the time when you're shipping out to customers and like, do people uh, use those in Instagram when they get their box of shirts from you or? Sometimes, uh, I guess it depends on how many boxes it is. And we primarily are local. So we don't have a lot of customers that are outside of our city. Um, very, very few. But yeah. uh, so when they come and grab their box, you know, usually if it's like six, seven boxes, maybe one or two will be branded. Um, and if it's only two, it'll, it'll be both of them will be branded. Um, but we just kind of decide based on the volume of what they're picking up if we're going to use our box or not. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then on Facebook and stuff, it's saying like you're a family business. Like, can you tell me about your team and like who's involved and has the team like grown or changed or are you thinking of hiring anyone soon or? Yeah. So we obviously, like I said, we've been, I was out of the garage and it was just me. Sometimes my wife, sometimes my mom, uh, my daughter is only, she's 11 now. (laughs) <laughs> but she would help when she was like six you know seven years ago she would help put put things in the box and stuff yeah uh so it truly was not it was just me and them so um once we moved into the space it was still me for a long time just me uh and then again my mom would probably come help package things or count things and and sort and that kind of thing um but then so we got we had a need before right before covid hit we were so busy i couldn't do it just by myself and I just needed somebody really to you know just to clean screens yeah. and up yeah, with yeah. the back end of everything you know they can't print they don't know how to run the machine but just cleaning screens and catching is going to be a huge thing so I, we hired somebody uh but then COVID hit and so I didn't have the need for that person to be around so we had to let that person go then uh when things started picking up again we hired another person for the same job and then mm-hmm. that person was from Honduras and so their mom got ill and so they had to leave so we were again missing somebody yeah and then I put it out again that we were hiring and then ironically somebody from Chicago was moving here and was interested in working here so we hired that person and so we've had uh same Trey we've had him for like seven months now and he's my printer he prints everything so he All runs right. the machine um and then i hired another girl just recently like a couple months ago and she helps clean and reclaim and catch and sort and count and all that stuff so we have two employees now um, and then we also have another employee that doesn't work here at, at the shop but it's like our person if we need artwork or something done quickly we can reach out and just have them send back art so it's really just an artist that's outsourced yeah, yeah no, and that that seems really clever because like what you're saying there is like a lot of people and myself included wanted to be the printer for a long period of time and Uh it's quite hard to like take yourself off that role but really you should be in the office doing the orders and stuff probably and like let the printer do it but like how did you find training them up what did they already have experience or like how did you teach them I uh was not willing to find somebody that already had experience all right so I did not want an experienced printer because I want them to learn to do it the way I do it. And mm-hmm. that way I wouldn't have any problems or any questions and they wouldn't revert back to an old habit. Uh, I think a lot of that came from like when I was working in corporate, a lot of the, I mean, we trained, we hired, we fired. Like I have a lot of that in my background. <laughs> so 
it's very easy for me to like manage it's quite, a team. I, it's quite scary how quickly you say hire and then fire. <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. you gotta like <laughs> gotta be on your toes around you. <laughs> no, but there's sorry, a, there's there's a there's a quote I guess or not not a quote but it's like hire hire slowly fire quickly. Yeah. Or, or hiring is guessing and firing is knowing. Mm. So you know you don't know. <laughs> You know, like what you're hiring, and so you obviously fired them after you figured it out. But, um, but yeah, so I specifically was not looking for somebody with experience. Um, the guy that we have now, he had some manual experience, but never worked in auto. And the manual experience he had was on a rapid tag, so his old company right. was running all the jobs on a rapid tag. So to me, that was like, you're not gonna bring any of that habit because it's, it's like just making, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't. um, so. You know, I brought him in, showed him, like, it took me about a week, really, just having him watch me do everything and explaining how to run the machine. And he learned very quickly. And, you know, he's, he, he's basically me. So it <laughs> makes it really, really easy. I can trust him. You know, if he messes up, he tells me right away, like, hey, this didn't come out right. We messed it up. Or he's, he's got an eye for detail, just like I do. So it's really, it's a good, it's a good hire. We, we ended up yeah. with a good, got lucky. Yeah. Um, like, how do you make those business decisions? Like, is it just on your gut, like you're saying, or does your mom or your wife have any like say in it? Or are you making these decisions yourself? Like, how, how are you being that confident to to grow like this and make um, these choices? I'm not. You're I'm just, not. <laughs> just white knuckling it, like clinging on, seeing yeah. what happens. No, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, like, just like with when we first started in the garage, like I only do things uh, as they're needed. So I won't, I won't like, we didn't add the auto because for the longest time, and I had been, I, I've been wanting one for like a year and needing one for like a year. We just didn't have the space. And so it, I don't know if it, it feels like a, I guess like an educated guess. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm still guessing, like, I don't know if we're going to make it. I don't know if I get in space and now we have rent. Now we have all these other expenses and now, you know, a machine and like, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, and then, you know, it's just really, um, I don't know if it's courage really. Well, maybe it is. It's just not, I didn't, I didn't, I don't feel like I knew. Um, yeah. But I guess going slow and making sure that everything's in place is the best, you know, advice I would say for somebody who wants to scale yeah. a print shop. It's, it, you can't like, I don't know. I, I always plan for the worst, I guess. So if we all, if, if I had zero customers, can I still do this? And for how long, yeah. you know, and if I can go three or four months with zero customers, you know, maybe I can give it a go and just try and, you know, keep going. So is, is that what you're doing? You kind of like having an emergency fund there that will pay the rent maybe, or Pretty like, much. like stockpiling because no, it might mean, get lean. <laughs> there's a, there's a book called a uh, profit first yeah sorry yeah jason i'm i'm all over profit first i bang on have had it way too much but like oh, okay. what is so like how did you did you implement that yourself or did you because i found it really hard to read but did someone yeah. help help you figure it out and like have you got all the bank accounts matching up as well um initially no because i didn't have a lot of overhead being in the garage yeah but uh obviously taking on where we're at now is I had to have reserves. So leading up to the, the purchase of the machine and getting into the space, I started saving money. And even though 
we had money to buy certain things, I still didn't buy them until I had like, I guess my rule of thumb is like double. So if you yeah. can afford it twice and you can buy it. That's Jay-Z. So, <laughs> yeah. Is it? <laughs> yeah. We yeah, have so, all the same mottos. You're like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Jay-Z says that anyway. Sorry. So, yeah. No, I mean, it's true. So like, uh, I'm, I'm looking at an embroidery machine right now. I actually might pull the trigger today because it's such a good deal. Um, and it's something, again, if I can buy it twice, I'll buy it. Mm. And I also have customers, so I know it's going to pay for itself. You know, it seems things like that. Like, so like, I, if I know it's going to buy itself in a year, then I'll, I'll do it. Same thing with my employees. If I look at how much I'm paying them per hour, per week, per year, can I afford to pay them for a full year? If mm. I make $0 and the answer is yes, then I can bring on an additional employee. Yeah. So it's really slow and I guess educated a little bit on, on what you can and can't do just so that we don't fail. Uh, and I really honestly feel like I could fail any day. Like I feel like like today could be the day that we have to close. And so I just always looked at it that way. So you kind of got that fear. Like, is that, is that, are you scared a bit because of like, are you watching the news and seeing like lots of businesses around you fail or why do you think you're vulnerable no, not, to it? Not necessarily. I mean, I, no. I'm not afraid of, I know that for me personally, like I'm not going to fail myself yeah but i think keeping the fact that it's possible in front of you it makes you do the right things okay so yeah. you know i'm just reminding myself that it's possible in order to make sure i take care of everything like i'm okay. never gonna say we're good because i have xyz customer and they come every mm. year we have them every year because they could just decide to go somewhere else yeah. It's just about making myself uncomfortable, really. Okay, I understand. Yeah, good. Yeah, it's really tricky, that. Um, yeah. I like the way you phrase it, though, because it doesn't seem like you're doing these decisions out of, like, ego for, like, shiny toys that you want, but you're right. literally just waiting until they're really necessary and you can afford them. But yeah. so with, like, equipment choices and things, are you picking um, equipment and suppliers because they're local to you or because you've got experience with those machines? Like, why did you pick the one that you've got? And how did you make that decision? Uh, I, like I said, it took me about a year to decide. And I was back and forth between the Rock and the MNR. And I didn't know anything about it. So be, being on social, I just reached out to both representatives and said, hey, I'm interested. Um, tell me a little bit about it. And so I started getting my feet wet that way and just made contact with a local rep for not local really, but the rep from MNR was like, this is kind of where we're at. This is what it looks like. I'm like, well, I don't even know how much they cost. How much yeah. is something like this? And I'm like, well, you're looking at, you know, 50, 60, I'm like, Jesus Christ, like maybe not, but yeah. they were, they were willing to talk to me about it. And so I'm like, okay, I can, I kind of know where my head needs to be now. And the same thing with Rock, you know, I, I reached out um, and just try to really gauge it based off of the interaction that I received because I'm very customer, like the way you treat your customer, it says a lot about your your company. So mm -hmm. if your company is driving the value in you to treat your customer the right way, the company obviously has good values. And so if the company has good values, like it makes me lean more towards that company because yeah. it just trickles down. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it started there. 
And I was already leaning more towards MNR because of those relationships that I was building, but I still wasn't going to just buy it off of that. So uh, there was a show coming up and the guy, the rep from MNR was like, Hey, you should come to the show and check it out. So you can see what it's all about. And I hadn't gone to any shows. And so my wife and I went to the show and just chatted with both of them and got to see them in action and talked with the MNR rep, talked with the rock rep, um, just picking their brains, getting information and just, just the knowledge that I got, I guess not, not, not necessarily just the knowledge, but like the love they had for the machine and the love that they had for why they're in business as a company is mm. what ultimately led me to buy M&R. The rock representative was just a salesperson. Right. It was, and they, they couldn't answer all my questions either. I had specific questions because like I said, I've been looking at this for a long time. I had specific questions they're like you know nobody's ever asked that i don't know but like it's <laughs> almost like well if you like your product what enough, were you asking them know. they didn't know what it was like it um, can't be that obscure it was uh i think it was on registration with the because the arms come up and down on the rock mm-hmm. versus these where the the pallets just, come up the, um yeah, yeah 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 so all the pallets come up and the arms don't and so the guy was like these are way better than mnr because you can move the arm up and get to the bottom of the screen. I'm like, oh man, that's a good, that's a good thing I didn't think of. So I, I thought that was great. And I said, well, what if, I don't remember what I asked. It was something about registration, about it coming off a of registration because it moves so much mm. versus mm. the rock. But you can't, I mean, the MNR doesn't move. The plates move, but you know, the top's registered and done. And it doesn't move. Yeah. And I think it was that question, something about registration and, and if it came off or if it's likely or what the percentage is, if it does move back down, does it, you know, it was something like that along those lines. But, and it wasn't like, a, like you said, it's not like it, the totally crazy question or anything, <laughs> but it, it just little things led up to me yeah, just checking yeah. off like the no boxes for them uh, for those yeah. reasons. Uh, on top of the fact that they were still relatively newer, I guess, I think now they have more uh accessibility to parts and service and stuff but at the time mm. mnr local i can overnight ship parts i can overnight ship anything i need if the, the press breaks down if i'm out i can't you know we can't make money if we're out so i i need that support uh and having it now for almost three well, a little over three years now i i can say that that it is true that way you know they do support and send things and overnight things and like troubleshoot answer the phone 24 hours if i something went down i can call them mm. uh, and it happens you know, one of the, one of the, uh, on the flood bar, it would flood. And then it would, when it would press, it would like hesitate. Like it was like hesitating <laughs> only on one head. And I was like, what in the hell? So I called. Be confident. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in the middle of a job here. And right away, he's like, let me get a technician on the phone. So I got the technician on the phone. The guy called me and said, Hey, it's your little, it's a chip. It's a small chip that goes out sometimes. Well, we can overnight it to you if you want. And I said, yes, I need it like yesterday. They over they overnight the part and it came here the next day and I saw it and I was back in business. Yeah. So you know things like that, but that's ultimately I think what drove me to to MNR over over Rod. Hmm. But those are the only two I was looking. At. I didn't look at Anatol or I didn't. I mean I saw him at the show, but I hadn't spent enough time researching it to even decide if I was you know something I would be interested in anyway. Yeah, because like I imagine that when you actually really get down to it, when they're doing all that salesman chat, like, oh, this can do you how many thousand an hour? You're like, I'm never going to do that. That's yeah. never going to be like no one actually 
stands at the press and it's running full speed all the time and that actually matters um for like the average print shop it's all about that reliability that seems to be the thing that everyone keeps bringing up as Mm -hmm. like just no downtime when you need it um talking about that from people who are manual printers like how many hours in the day do you reckon an automatic is actually running like if you've got full workload on like is it eight hours or is it half the day and most of it's like prep and takedown or how's that what's that look like you mean actually on and printing yeah Mm, maybe like maybe like four hours Mm. of the full day yeah Uh, sometimes only an hour because it's so fast i mean you can you can get a job out so fast it's I don't know. Like we don't really need it to be on the whole time. And it's really, like you said, it is a setup and teardown where it's kind of idle. Mm. Uh, we did do a job uh, a couple months ago. It was a 5,000 piece order. And because of that, it was on all day. Like we just turned it on and just printed. I mean, we took our little breaks here and there, but I would say th- that it took us like a week to do those because it was front and back. So it was like mm. 10,000 shirts, but um that I would say was on probably six hours straight, seven hours yeah. straight, maybe. But other than that, I mean, for the normal day, normal usage, it's not on all day. It's, it, I mean, it should be really, we should be that busy, but. <laughs> but you shouldn't it, really, cause you're growing. And that's the, that's the point. Because then yeah. if you, if you have it on all day, then your next problem is that you're probably not reclaiming screens quick enough or right. someone's not, packing up the orders quick enough there's always right. something that you're hitting against there's a bottleneck like, somewhere always yes yeah so what would the bottleneck in the business be at the moment is it is it just like outreach and marketing and getting the customers in or what is it for you um i think we've kind of for the moment cured a couple of him with my employees yeah. so you know i don't bottleneck um I think before we hired the additional employee, it was the screens. Mm. We had like 40 screens sitting here that neither I nor him could reclaim because I'm setting up artwork and I'm reaching out to customers and he's printing the jobs that are coming in and they're just like piling up. Yeah. And we just had to say like, we're going to have to come in Saturday and just clean them because nobody's going to clean them. So having that person come in and clean while we're printing, that kind of helped, you know, remove that bottleneck. Mm-hmm. I think ideally the next one would probably be catching and folding. So yeah. I, right now, because of the way it is, the, the girl that reclaims and, and does that part, by the time she's done, they're starting to fill up in the bin. So she comes in and catches. So it works out for now. But if we, you know, I think if we, if we added maybe like four more jobs per week, we'd probably just need somebody addition to check in and count and, and just do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we also do we also do banners and stickers and signs and so I'm, yeah, I'm I, doing. I wanted to ask about that because you've you've named that a different thing, haven't you? Like you've kind of split the business. Like, what was the reason yeah. for doing that and not having it under the cured name, like all the stickers? Yeah. So we wanted to. I wanted to have it so that I could invoice and keep track of just that side, and also market to just that side. So like. When I post something on Instagram, 
and now it's a sticker it's like what the heck is this like your shirt so you guys print apparel and so i could reach out i think better if it was just stickers or just banners or whatever and so that was the initial mindset um but then it kind of got a little bit confusing with me sending out the invoice and then keeping track of it and we use trello for all right for everything so i have a board for just that side and another board for printing so i can flip the boards but it's we got locked out of the of the instagram account for for the <laughs> for uh, it was called it's label so that one's called label and i don't know how i think it recognized my old email address and i changed i don't know what happened i'm stuck i can't get into my instagram account oh, so i can't okay. yeah and do anything about it and i've called them and it's just been a, a nightmare but it's really not that big a deal right now so i haven't really focused on getting it back but um so i will now post sometimes on instagram and it still works that way but ideally i'd rather have its own little life because mm. it that that on its own could generate a, another source of like a whole source of income by itself yeah uh, just you know driving it right i'm not even driving it i'm just like somebody says they want it and i'm like yeah i can do it you know um <laughs> but yeah if, if I had somebody just on just that, that would be its own life. So that was the initial intent was to have its own business. But no, I understand. But then what you're going to, you, you definitely had it. I'm pretty sure where like the t-shirt people also want stickers. So yeah. then what are you doing? Like invoicing them twice and then. Right. It must be so, tricky. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I was just wanted to ask about how, say if you had a lull and you had no customers at all and you had to keep the shop open for the next, you know, next month or something, have you ever done any like physical outreach in the community where you've actually had to like go out and talk to people to get them to do shirts or are you doing it? would you do it all on social media or like what would your tactic be if you're starting from like no customers right now if something scary happened again like covid yeah. again <laughs> yeah well when covid happened we reached out to all the businesses that were closed and offered to print and fulfill on their behalf uh one design that we came up with that just said san antonio strong and every sale that we got we'd give them 10 bucks oh yeah to- yeah to help them pay for whatever, like they were closed. Uh, and so we took on the, the whole job of printing and, and that like really saved us really. I think we stayed open because of it. Brilliant. Uh, but if, if that wasn't the case uh, and I didn't have that ability, uh, yeah, I would definitely print a flyer and make copies at Kinko's. I mean, we have access to now nicer stuff. Like we could print nicer copies and stuff, but if I was in that same situation, I would go to Kinko's, print some copies and just start going, meeting people, talking to people about what they need. Um, I mean, I, I did do that in the very beginning. I haven't thankfully had to do that in a long time, but yeah, I would go and I wouldn't position. And I think the thing too, is like um, a lot of shops that I have heard of, I don't know them personally, but they'll go after the bottom price mm. and essentially put themselves back out of business once they get some traction. Uh, and so I never led with price. I never said we can do it cheaper or, you know, this is whatever they're charging. You will do it for the same or less. Like I've never led with that. Um, even in the times that I would need it, I would still stick to not necessarily a higher price, but we're here to solve your problem. 
Like, yeah. what are the problems you're having right now with the person you, ter- you currently print with? Well, they take three, four weeks. And on top of that, they're, I can't get a hold of them. So I'm like, well, we take a week and you have my cell phone number. So you can text me whenever you want. And so a lot of that is like, well, let's try it. Let's try it out. Let's see what it looks. And then we grow another customer. So yeah. I think leading with uh, solving problems and That's going really out mm. and instead of, instead of trying to sell shirts or sell print jobs, sell, solve problems. Yeah, that's no, say. that's really, really smart. I've actually had that conversation on my doorstep and they're like, well, so-and-so does it cheaper. And I'm like, good, yes. go to him. He's still go open. Ahead. He's literally right there. He's like two streets along. I know he's <laughs> open till five. You can get there if you, <laughs> like, I just don't care anymore. I just, right, there is right. so many jobs that are literally just like flushing time and money and resources and patience down the drain. <laughs> And I know firsthand too, a lot of those shops are, are, they're just like barely hanging on. They're, they're, they're drowning because of the volume of customers they have, but they're charging so low. They can't hire, they can't upgrade to an auto. Like they're just stuck because you're charging so low and now you can't go up. They expect you to charge them what they've been paying. And now you're going to burn the relationship. If you go up, they're going to be like, well, I don't want to print with you anymore then. And you just like, I don't know. It's just, it's not. I don't know. It's the worst thing. I think one of your questions on there was like what to recommend for shops that are trying to, to grow. And that's the, that's the number one thing I think is the worst thing you could do is, is try and lowball and try and get in by offering less uh, cost. But yes, I, and I've never done that. Like there's, like you said, there's people that come and they're like, well, the guy that I used to go to charges me $5. I was like, well, why are you over here then? Like, yeah. What, do you what was for? wrong with the shirt? What does yeah. a $5 shirt look like now then? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, such a, such a good point. But it's like really, it's like easy for us two to hear it and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense. But when you are starting out, you don't know any of this because you're just hearing it and you haven't experienced it in real life. Yeah. And you're, yeah. and you're probably got like desperation around you where you're desperate to please other people. Say That's yes. True. Just in That's case true. they go out into the community and like go, oh, they wouldn't even print it for me. Um, yeah, just sensitive. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think yeah. it's just I mean, you are. If you're in it for the right reasons, you'll understand. If you're in it for just to make money, then you'll be in that same boat you just said. Like, I just want to make the money, and that's I think that's where you can understand which who you're dealing with. Like, what 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 company are you dealing with? Is it somebody that really wants to help me or is it somebody that just wants to take my money because if you're going to go out and like you said you don't have that knowledge of you know what else is out there and what you know what they're charging or whatever but you're just hungry for money then of course you're going to have to do that you're going to or you're going to want to do that and that might be the right thing for you at the time but if you do do that your mentality is not for long term and you're not going to survive as a business and it you know over, over the course of time, just because you're not thinking that way. Like, that's not what you're, that's yeah. not what you're focused. On. So, so, I mean, yeah, it's just, I think that there's the right customer for everybody. There are yeah. customers that don't care. They'd rather just print it cheaply and sell the cheap product. They don't care that the their end customer is getting crap. So they can just keep working with those people. Don't, yeah, exactly. don't come over here. <laughs> um, have you, have you been approached by like contract printing that type yeah. of thing, like middlemen and stuff like that like is that a yeah. portion of your business or are you direct with the customers we have uh three only so i only have three 
that are contracts and the rest that want to be contract, we were uh, more expensive than other contract print shops. Mm. So want to do business with us, um, which is fine by me. And the ones that we do have that are contract, we're still there. They understand that we're more, but they still would rather us do it because they know what their what their quality is. So even with a contract printer, we're selective. Like not just anybody can come in here and do contract work. I have to know like what are you who are you selling to and and what do you expect to pay? Because this is what we charge and this is why we charge it. Not that it's like outrageously more, but it is more than what you would normally pay. We use better inks. Or we, you know, our inks are more expensive than a basic ink. Uh, you know, our shop is clean. We keep everything tidy. We, we're going to deliver it on time. Like if all those things matter, then you're going to have to pay a little bit more for that. Mm. So, but yeah, we do have three that we do contract work for. Okay. Yeah. No, I guess it, we were to, I was talking to a really big studio, like uh, We Talk Shetty, and he was saying it's a constant like juggling act because you can, you'd have to fend off lots of the little customers who you're doing lots of back and forth with to be able yeah. to take on certain amounts. And it's, it's really, really uh, tricky. And he said people can like drown in it. I don't know quick, if it's but, worth it. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. Um, you were saying about your inks. So do you, are you a predominantly water-based ink company? Like printed? No, we're predominantly, yeah. no, we're, we're predominantly plastisol. Oh, right. But, okay. But we're moving that way um, slowly. Um, we just recently got the, I mean, we've done water-based before and discharge before, and I'd really rather be water-based. And so as of right now, we're printing what they I mean, everything is based on what the customer really wants. So I'm not, I haven't positioned it to be, this is what water-based looks like. Are you interested? Um, just because we don't have it down yet. Like I'm not ready yeah. to, split. but we've gotten uh, the discharge. And what I'm trying to do is run, you know, discharge with plastic saw, you know, yeah. high mesh uh, overprint to start out just to give it that soccer feel and still the bright colors. Mm. Uh, eventually I'll have a customer for water-based. I think once we, once we get the science down to it, but that's not, you know, primarily it's plastic saw. Yeah. It's daunting though, isn't it? Because to make that switch over, you have to personally retrain yourself basically. And yeah. you can't always do that on customer jobs. So you've exactly. got to like, how are you, how are you doing like that extra work? Are you, do you have to come in at the weekend and just say, right, this is my time to figure something out. Or are you trying to, see oh like that customer job i might be able to have a little quick little go at water-based again or how are you figuring that out um, a little bit of both because actually i ran a discharge job without telling them right. because <laughs> i because i knew that they didn't i knew that they would love it and i knew that it would work and it was a one color <laughs> okay so, okay <laughs> so and i still didn't tell them like i don't think they know <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I ideally, and what I've done in the past for it was I just recommended it as an option and said, look, we don't do it a lot, but if you're open to try it, this is another option. And if they're like, oh no, it has to be the right color. It has to be Pantone. I'm like, okay, then never mind. We'll, we'll stick to the, you know, it's really about filling out the customer. Like what, what's going to work for them? And if I can use them to try it and they're cool with it, then we'll do it. And uh, that's how we did the uh, few discharge jobs. And this was back when we were still in the garage. We ran discharge jobs on a, a small little dryer with, you know, 
the manual. And since then, that customer only wants that now. Yeah. So it worked out. And, you know, it's just a red and white uh, color. So it's not like a bunch of colors. So it's still kind of in the entry level phases of a, of a discharge water-based print. But if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't know. And I, they wouldn't know. And so now I have a sample here and I can show a customer like, this is kind of what we could do. It'd still be a kind of a gamble. Like I just leave with that. And if they're okay with it, then we'll do it. Yeah. And I've got exactly the same setup because this um, like rock guy and he, he makes like vintage shirts oh, cool. and I just, I just kind of gave him it once and now he can't really find anyone else because we've oh. got a bit busy for him because he's good. like, yeah. So he has to, we just got this thing where we closed our books and he had to go to someone else and they only print plus so, and then it's like vastly different, obviously, because it's yeah. really cool, distressed, discharge ink. And yeah. then they've tried to replicate it by like hacking up the design a little bit. It's just <laughs> not, yeah, you can't do it. But no. I've never had anyone go from like into water-based and like that feel and then go, oh, can I have some plus so again? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I also think doing that base is a really good idea because then even if you if you were to like heat press afterwards, it just goes so ridiculously soft um, and really nice feel on the shirts. So I, I really love doing that, but yeah, that's where we're going to start. So yeah, it's, it's not saying that I was able to actually experiment on with customers. I had to do it for our own brand and stuff, but is that something you've ever wanted to do your own brand or have you ever, cause surely you started out printing your own shirts with your, with your mate. So yeah, I mean, I think I did initially, like because we did that graphic design work stuff in the beginning, but it wasn't really like something I loved. It was just for funny shirts. It wasn't like yeah. brand itself. It was just really just dumb shirts. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we I've played around. I have a lot of files saved of things that I've come up with for our brand and just kind of like just making it fun. And I think we started off, I don't know if you've seen our, our Instagram, but we started off with shop shirts. So like we'll custom make the shop shirt as a branded shirt. So it's cured, but I mean, it's a branded it looks like a streetwear kind of, but it's our, yeah. our shirts that we wear to work. And I've had people reach out and they're like, yeah, I want one of those. And I'm like, nah, you got to work here to get one of these. Like, <laughs> we don't, they're not for sale. hundred so, screens and then you're allowed it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But it's just, it's really, and those are just tests, you know, like just to see if people were, would be interested. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to force it. Um, but obviously that's, that would be a good avenue for it to be branded because I don't know if you've talked with or seen uh, uh, Jacob with, um, he's out of Houston. OMG. It used to be OMG I print shirts. Uh, no, no, no. I so that's a good story to check out. He had a shop out of Houston and it was called OMG I print shirts. And it was a screen print shop, but he developed a brand and started like really focusing on the brand. And his brand's called Hyde Park. Have you ever seen it or heard of it? Hyde Park? No. H-Y-D-E Park. Yeah. Okay. Um, so now he has Hyde Park goods. And he used to go out and set up where people could come and take pictures with his stuff. Like he would set up this little like mini bus with all these like accessories and like photo op kind of thing. Well, the brand now is huge to where right. he had to close. He had to close down OMG iPrint shirts because he was he was printing so much of his own stuff that he couldn't take anybody else's orders. Mm. So 
does everything in-house cut and sew he does a bunch of stuff and he's wow. talking with rappers now and he's out in the community doing things like he's doing a lot of big things now with his brand and that's something i would say is very like i would that would be cool if that happened yeah. something like that but i'm not i don't think i'm as i guess creative as he is and what he's come up with but you know i mean if you look at that story it's like very like admirable of what he's done and what he's gone through yeah. but no not 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 that extent like i haven't think i, I mean obviously that'd be cool but we haven't thought of a, of a, a branding effort that way no no okay well it's fair enough but like a lot of studios kind of just doing it very small sideline and they're just calling yeah. them their sample shirts because do you know how everyone always goes oh can I have a sample and you're like not of your design but you can have one of mine <laughs> yeah. it's, it's it's a really good like you know decoy to fend them off so that you don't have to just print one and then I'll come back for a hundred when I'm massive or or that crap. that's a good yeah. idea yeah your design I, I just thought it would you could literally just whack it straight on a shirt because as it's as its own logo because it's so like slick it's kind yeah. of um it's quite like a high-end one though isn't it but anyway yeah. yeah I think that would probably go really well yeah. um can I can I talk to you about your artwork and stuff and how you manage that because you said you now send it out to somebody but have you ever no. thought of doing it like in-house on like separation software or anything like that um we when you've an order we do majority of it in-house it's only when i'm backed up and i know it's something simple that i don't want to i can't just do right now at the moment like i'm busy so i'll send it to them so it's really not 100 of almost i want to say like 95 percent of it is still in-house and we do use separation studio um for some of the you know the multicolor things that or the photorealistic kind of images. I think one of the ones we just did re recently, actually we did with Separation Studio. Um, but other than that, I'm pretty quick now with Illustrator, so I can just go and illustrate and separate it real quick and, and get, them, get them knocked out. Yeah. So we, we handle most of it here. And then on top of that, my printer is also an artist. And then the girl that reclaims our screens is also a good illustrator. Oh, so brilliant. yeah, either either one of them, I can say, hey, can you clean this up for me real quick? And, and they'll, they, you know, they're really quick and good. She, he's actually good with Procreate which is a nightmare to work with. I don't know if oh, you've ever... Oh, I know. I hate Procreate. All the tattooists got it, didn't they? And then yes. it's just... You know, the best trick that I've learned is making the artboard as big as you possibly can on Procreate. And so when you draw it, it it's huge. So when you bring it into Illustrator and you image trace it, it'll keep most of those details. But that's the only resolve that I've come, come to with Procreate. No, I hate it. It's literally the bane of our lives. Like they and they, they do their own mock-ups thinking that they're helping you as well. And you're like, this yeah. is ludicrous. You can't even like zoom in <laughs> once and it just becomes no. a, like a, a blur of crap. Yeah. And then they're really fine drawings. So then your vector guy can't do it because yeah. Yeah. it's like, all oh, right, that's 50 hours of work. Are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> yes, okay. All right, I know so what you what, mean. That's so what bad. Sorry, say it again. Where do you send yours to? Um, I've got a guy called um, Sprint. Uh, he's just one of those kind of like, you know, those digitizers and then one of them you you gave them a go. Uh, okay. um, he does all my vector stuff, but I do all my like color separations and difficult separations with Separation Studio. Um, I haven't like been able to give that up yet because 
I feel like I've got weird ways of doing things. Like I want, I want to put my under base under certain colors and know what order I'm printing myself. Um, oh, I, got you. Yeah. I haven't quite relinquished that over to someone else to tell me like, Oh, you need an under base under this. And then I want you to print it like this. I think it's right. I haven't, I haven't given up the reins yet, but I'm pretty good at all that. I've been doing it for a long, long time. So yeah, I think I'm okay. Think with that, with the artwork. I haven't yeah. even considered that up. Yeah, but vectors sod that. I'm not. I'm not drawing anything. They can. Right. They can right. get like pushed straight out and back, and in a couple of minutes. <laughs> but you already have embroidery, don't you? So do you use the same guy to do your digitizing and stuff as well? We do. Right now, we have a contract with embroidery, so I send it out to a local embroidery shop, and we oh. have a contract. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah it looked, I, it looked like it was in house. No. Yeah. So what I was saying earlier is I'm I'm about to buy our own, but just a single head but I really want to focus on patches and hats because nobody else here can do them. And mm. I get that all the time. Like, can you make me a patch? I'm like, no, because I don't have a, and everybody that I've called, they want like 50 or a hundred minimum just to get it close to something where we can make any money. And I'm like, I don't know, it's not worth doing it. And then it comes out like crap. Like I can't control it. And that's the other thing for me is like, I have, like you said, like with the artwork, like I have to be able to control it. If, mm. if I can, how it's going to look like I can't guarantee that to my customer and I hate to be in the middle like that where it's like you know we'll do it correctly I'm like yeah but I don't know I don't know you enough we <laughs> built that relationship, so that's kind of where I'm at but so yeah embroidery we take on but we we send it to our contract for now until we get the machine in yeah embroidery is pretty simple like that I I actually interviewed a guy who's got like you know rows and rows and rows and all he does is embroidery and then he actually sends out his screen print and he says stuff like when the machine came I asked them to do like cap setting on it and I've never changed it in eight years and I'm like yeah wow. that's the kind of experience that I've got with it if you keep uh the the same kind of cap and you're doing similar embroidery like high build you can yeah. keep the settings there I just don't there's not as crazy and varied and difficult yeah. as screen print for sure okay. so i don't think you'll have a hard time getting into it it would just yeah. be like that's good yeah <laughs> and if you ever have like loads of thread breaks or something it's just the it's just a really easy setting thing you're gonna have to join like those facebook groups yeah for embroidery people <laughs> but they're fine yeah. they're much nicer than screen printers <laughs> They are like screen printers rip each other really badly on those groups, but embroidery people like take your videos for you on the discord for what? Like, uh, was yeah, I'm on that one. <laughs> not bad. I mean, some of it's a little, they get out of hand a little bit, but no, that's, that's like, that's like everyone's got their own print shop. I'm talking about like on Facebook when, you, when those poor, poor buggers have a problem and then everyone just rips oh, them yeah. apart. No, uh, the the Discord is basically just Corey uh, yeah. from Floodway, uh, not taking no for an answer. He's always been like that. I've I've I um I used to go on a clubhouse with him every single week. Me, yeah. him, and um. I that I think I I jumped in one of those. Did you? Cool. Yeah. Exactly. You just have to know, like, he's never being personal. He's just wants everything to be correct. And he doesn't like suck up to anyone. He's just very, he, he won't <laughs> let it go. But most of the time he is right. So it's, it's tricky. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean though. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of big personalities in those groups. Um, yeah. 
And then like someone's like, drop it. Let's talk about what we had for dinner. And we're like, Ooh, there's so much tension in like a discord group. I didn't know that was possible. Yeah. No, yeah. It was funny. Um, funny. Yeah. So are there any like big shops around you that you are able to like talk to? Cause in the beginning, it seemed like you kind of just wanted to go out on your own because you weren't quite gelling with them. But like, are you friends with any of them now? I am. Uh, I'm friends with, uh, I don't know if you heard of them. It's uh, Ace Screen Graphics. Ace They're the ones who came up with, with that rapid reg system for registering. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, some I'm cool with him, Mike. Um, and he's local, but we're, he probably has a larger customer base than me, but we're almost the same shop size. Like right. he has, you know, kind of the same, of you know, amount of ability as I do. Mm. Um, but he has like five employees. He's been doing it for over 10 years or something. So he's, he's a little bit ahead of me, um, but he's a cool guy. Um, and then uh, Jonathan over at Success Print Shop, he's not too yeah. far, still in Texas, but same, same thing. He has about the same setup and I think he has like five or six employees though. Young guy, super young. He's cool. He's yeah, cool he's intense. He's intense, he's isn't he? He's like yeah. so driven. Just I haven't actually yeah. spoken to him yet, but. Yeah, he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, been friends and I and I made friends with them through Instagram. Um, there's another local shop here that I don't think they want to be my friend. I've tried <laughs> to be their friend. <laughs> yeah, but, we're not allowed to say their name because they don't want to be your yeah, friend. Stay over there. <laughs> um, but there are a few shops that are straight up cutthroat. Like I don't even want to talk to you because you're my competition, kind of thing. Really? And those yeah. are the older shops usually. Yeah. They are always the old ones as well. Like I'm trying to like get some English people on, but the owners of the studio are like 50 plus and they just don't want to know. It's like, I'm not trying to, I'm like, it's me in here with my manual squeegee. I'm not taking your, your tea towel customers. I don't know. Sodom. I'd rather talk to like all the fun Americans anyway, but um yeah, no, it's really interesting. But you're not even like shy about doing quite unusual prints for people, are you? Like I've seen you do like foiling and like, are you quite into thinking about like special effects and differentiating yourself like that? Or It's kind of, it goes, it all goes back. So we have like core values uh, for the company that they all, everything ties back into the value system, right? So like, it's really always boils back down to problem solving. So if a customer has a problem and we can provide that solution and it's within our capability, then we'll do it. Um, so the foil thing, I had no idea how to do it or even, like what it took to do it. And so I just researched, looked it up and I'll always do that. Somebody just asked me, a brewery asked me, can you do those um, like this little tin? Like, I guess they go in the mugs or whatever. And I don't know if you've seen them, like a beer mug with like a tin, like their logo right. or whatever. And before I said no, I went and looked it up. Like, is this something I could do? Like, do I have what I need to make? And then I figured it, no, I don't. And so I said, no, I'm sorry. That's not, we can't do those. But for the most part, if it's any customer request, I will at least entertain and see if yeah. it's something I can help with. And if it, if I can, then we figure out how to make it work. And so I don't necessarily want to go into specialty. Like, I don't want to corner myself into anything really. So I don't want to just be a screen printer. I don't want to be just embroidery or just specialty. specialty. I really just want to be quality. So of anything that you get from Cured, 
you'll know it's of good quality. Yeah. Um, and that's really all it is. It's not, you know, I, I'll take it on, but if we stuck at it and we can't do it, then I'll be like, oh, I'm not doing that again. So sorry. <laughs> yeah. So it kind of sounds like you're, you're framing yourself and bit bringing yourself like just a businessman really. And screen print is just one of the outlets where you've like been able to prove yourself in that kind of like area. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. No, that's we really wanna, cool. We want to do coffee. I know yeah. that's totally no. cool. No, but, coffee, co- coffee's like, I, I can understand that as well. There's, there's loads of stuff like that. We have a lot of coffee customers and they're super cool. And like, I love coffee to begin with. So it's like, and then I know a guy that like he roasts the beans. So like I have all the connects. I just really need to buy like the machine and set up something simple to test it out. And there's not, there's a lot of specialty coffee shops in San Antonio. There's none over on this side of town where I'm at. Hmm. So I it would just work. Like, I don't know. It, it's, I, it's something that I think will happen in the pretty near future. It'll just be cured yeah. coffee. Yeah cure hangover or something it's just like <laughs> it's just like a name that like gels into lots of other things yeah. you'll probably be like, like drying your beans through your dryer and then drying them out your screens on your racks and... i like it. yeah that's good, good no stuff. it's really interesting talking to you about that actually because like i'm definitely in it for mixing and art and getting my hands dirty and stuff and i that's the kind of like side i'm at but I also kind yeah. of want to be a business person, but there are people like you who are very business centric and you probably could, you could probably throw anything at you and you'd make a business out of it, I assume. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, yeah. You just have to have like trying, that kind of personality. <laughs> I'm trying to show that in my daughter. And so uh, I'm buying her a button, a button making machine. Yes. And I started offering it to my customers, like not, not in a like real professional way it was more like hey i'm buying this thing for my daughter if you're interested she can make you some buttons and they were like yeah that'd be cool we'd love to like help out and so i told my daughter i was like hey you got to be serious about this though like it's a real customer you got to really do it and now she's bugging for the machine so i guess it worked but just something simple that she can do and see if she she likes it but stuff like that i like i like to entertain stuff like that yeah enterprise yeah i I was never like um i was never given any like Thing to put all that towards as a child but I'd bloody love to do that as buttons I bet when she can, does she do like brownies is brownies a thing in America you've got it girl is. guides girl guides uh is girl, scouts. Brownies? girl scouts so yeah, like they when cook, she, but they don't yeah. make them themselves they sell them. <laughs> yeah but she, she to bake with my wife they, they cook they bake and stuff that'd yeah. be a good idea but you'd be like they've all got t-shirts and buttons and like yeah, my kids gonna it. win <laughs> you better sell those bloody things and then you're selling them to all your customers as well yeah cured, cured yeah. cookies <laughs> yeah so like say in like a in like a five-year kind of plan do you think you're just gonna stay in this unit that you've got now and just keep doing what you're doing you've got like room to expand or like do you think you can see yourself with loads of embroidery machines or like what kind of goals have you got for like five years do you reckon um it's gonna probably play out slowly like it did to begin with uh right now i'm pretty much maxed out where i'm at we have like 1600 square feet but because of so like all the signs and the posters and the things that we print with the print the digital print side 
it needs more space. Like the table needs to be huge to be able to cut. Mm. So it's taking up like a lot of that side. Um, and then the printer inside and then the cutter inside, they're big machines. So they barely fit in the office. So as of right now, we're, we're just like surviving with the space. Um, but the workload hasn't been so much that we have to move. So yeah. five years, I would say probably in the next couple of years, I would want to be in a bigger space. And I know we're talking about the embroidery earlier and it's going to be a single head. If, if, like I said, if it starts to need an additional, we'll add an additional, but I'm, I've never gone like hard, get, let's get all these machines and let's get all this stuff and then we'll figure it out. Like I've never done, done things that way. So mm. as the need increases, we just kind of, we're just growing with our customers. Yeah. So no, that's our customers increase, then I, I increase to help them. And so I would say in the next five years, we'd probably be in a, a bigger space, maybe another auto, maybe, I don't know. Um, but that would probably be first before I add on to embroidery or signage or anything. It'd be another autom automatic just to help yeah. us keep things spinning. But yeah, I mean, the next five years would probably be that and or coffee with it. Um, <laughs> hey, can you it. see yourself like getting rid of all the digital print? Can you see that happening? Like just cutting it off? Digital? Yeah, just like getting rid of all the stickers and stuff. Do you think it... Do you think it is a distraction or do you think it's just as viable or what's your opinion on it? Um, I don't, it's not hard to do. Mm. So, and it's, it, it covers the costs if I don't have work for printing with, with apparel. Okay. So like in the other scenario, you said, if something were to happen where we have any jobs, I could very easily sell some signs and some yard signs and some, you know, a roll of stickers or something and it, it covers a lot of the cost. it's the margin is so big yeah with no printing that i wouldn't i wouldn't get rid of it because it, it's so mm -hmm. easy to do you know if it was if it was time consuming and it was costing money it was like a pain of course i would just come back to screen printing but i just mm -hmm. gave it a go um and it was when when COVID happened because they were marking down things and i always wanted to print my own stickers really so I was like, well, let's just buy it and see what happens. And so we've had it since then. Yeah, okay. I think I'm projecting a little bit of my own experience because oh, I okay. actually like got, got into this whole digital print thing and then that fell into like, oh, can you do a website? God knows why I thought that was a good idea. And then I set myself up for this whole other thing and I thought they would all like tie into each other, but gotcha. it just turned into a big cycle of nightmare and then um so i i literally just one day just completely cut it off and basically moved that part of the business to somebody else so gotcha. yeah oh, okay yeah i asked about the website thing and i just say i, I built my own off of shopify i mean i had my mm -hmm. own before but i just kind of tailored the Shopify one they're like hey we, we really like your website is there any way you could build one for us i'm like no i'm sorry there's yeah. a lot of people reach out to that could do it. it's just not worth the time and effort yeah i mean we stores like we'll set up stores but that's because it's for me but mm. i'm not gonna set up my own site yeah I, I know what you're talking about i can see that yeah. getting in yeah i'm pretty sure website is the worst thing to get into unless it's your only thing because it's like no one will ever supply you all the content and the pictures and all that kind of stuff yeah yeah well, it sounds like you've got everything like on track and it seems like quite an exciting time for you because literally anything could happen, right? Like you could just, 
you could take on some massive contract job which just completely changes the whole dynamic or but it doesn't seem like you're taking like crazy risks or just doing it for ego or show so yeah yeah it seems like you've got your head on straight <laughs> thank you <laughs> no problem no yeah it's just uh it's just nice talking to someone like that it's cool so um do you want to like finish by saying any like cool shop hack that you've figured out over the years or like one big piece of advice or anything um you did ask about branding yeah uh right like how would like advice i guess for people that are trying to brand because we do have a lot of customers that come in for that and mm -hmm. it's kind of always the same story i'm sure it's the same for you too where they i just want to place a small order now and see how it comes out and then we'll do thousands or whatever it is yeah but <laughs> i think i guess the the only thing i want is would want to leave i guess and say and it's just pertaining to myself as well because i didn't know where i was going to end up and i didn't plan to I didn't go in and say, hey, I'm going to be this big print shop one day. So I need these little quarter. Like, I just, I don't know. Um, I guess for branding, I would say if you're going to do or want to do a brand that because you're going to, like, like we said earlier, if you're just trying to make money off of it, mm. it's probably not going to do as well. Uh, and a lot of people what I've seen are afraid to be what they already are and what they already like because mm. they want these, their market or their, I want to do streetwear. So I found this font that looks like this. Yeah. And can you make it look like that? And I, I mean, I'll tell them like, of course I can do that. Of course I can make it look like that. But are you a brand or are you going to copy that brand? And so my advice would be, if you're going to start a brand, it has to be because it's a reflection of you and what you like and who you are. Otherwise, you're going to stop doing it. You're not going to like it at some point, And you're going to just constantly be trying to please people just to get the branding out or to get the money or to get the cloud or to show you're big on Instagram. Hmm. But if you brand and you want it to be successful, it has to be you. It has to be from what you are. And that's kind of the way I feel about our business. And like me, like what I am, like I like quality things. I like I'll pay the money if it's worth it. Um, and I feel like my customers will too. And so our brand is to give leave them with an impression that you're going to get the quality you're going to get everything i'm telling you we're going to communicate we're going to be partners we're going to do this together and if you have a problem with it i'm going to fix it like we're going to build that relationship and i feel it's the same exact thing with a brand if you start a brand and you don't answer anybody's dm or you don't comment back or you don't do anything you're like you're gonna you're not gonna it's not gonna work out mm. But that would be my, my advice is for like brands is just to, it, and I, I see it all the time. I've only seen one brand that we've actually done work for that is consistent and still has business. And that person uh, sticks to true to what the brand means. Like they created a value system for themselves. We're only going to print this, that, that represents this, that does this because that's what they wanted to do. And they attracted the people that believed in that and liked that as well. Yeah. So that's the only advice that I would give for anybody wanting to, to do anything you want to start a business you want to get into screen printing you want to grow your shop you want to create a brand like that principle applies to all those things so yeah that, that, i definitely leave. agree yeah less showboating and have some core values like like you said about like yeah no that seems like a really strong piece of advice that would be 
on the back of your book, Jason, when you when you do your business book about yeah. cured. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I can see it. I think you're you yeah. You're saying like it's slow, but it's actually just um definite and thought out. And you know, yeah, seems really clever. I actually excited to come and maybe interview you in like five years time and you'll be like oh yeah that guy didn't know what he's talking about <laughs> growth 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 <laughs> no that'd be really cool thank you very much yeah it was cool talking to you